Hey there, and welcome to the second episode of What the Hell is Happening with the Graduates of 2020. In this episode, I had a chance to talk to my good friend, classmate, and collaborator, Eric He. Eric is a recently graduated international student who has lived all over the world, from Dubai to Sweden, and most recently, Los Angeles. He was a classmate of mine at USC in the film and TV production program, and was selected as a producer and a writer of two projects to be made in the senior thesis course, 480, which we actually took together. In this episode, Eric and I talk a little bit about his experiences graduating while his family is literally in all different corners of the world, as well as some of his perspectives about being an international student during this time. We also talk a lot about filmmaking and how an increasingly globalized world offers new possibilities for filmmakers to find their paths. So without any further ado, here is Eric Key. First things first, Eric, thanks so much for joining me. Dude, thank you. Super great to have you. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to make it all, low. it's we're in strange and uncertain times, but you know, we <laughs> truly are in strange and uncertain times. I don't know there's no other way to put it. But uh, yeah, I've been, I've been doing pretty good. Congrats on graduating. I don't think we've properly talked Likewise. since we both graduated. We both like we yeah, had that I know. screening. And other yeah, than that, I, like not really. It's it's strange because um, now that like I think it's after as soon as like quarantine really hit, I feel like everyone's just obviously makes it harder to see people, and therefore it becomes distance becomes more real. And I feel like we've already graduated then, you know. But with actual graduation happening, it's like. It's even harder, I think, to, to keep in touch, which is, which is a shame, I think. So. Uh, it's been, mm-hmm. this semester has definitely been a bit, bit tumultuous. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. To say the least for both of us. Um, <laughs> yeah. the, the thing that, I mean, what is kind of cool for us, mm-hmm. we both were fortunate to have completed some USC films, like completely do post-production during quarantine. Um, by the way, Strawman is freaking incredible. Um, I don't think I got a chance to really tell you that, but like... Thank you. We cried when we were watching it. <laughs> oh, dude, thank you. That's a high compliment. I guess one big question is, what have you been up to? Like, what are some things you've been working on? Like, how have you been doing? I know you were working on that one uh, filmed run uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago when we talked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I got to first thank you for introducing me to Strava because I've been doing that like every day pretty much. <laughs> Strava's so... the best. Strava is really good. It's a great way because the thing I think the thing is it also keeps you kind of accountable because like you have like a like for me at least you know I I see the app and I'm like oh your average you know run week is going down I'm like oh god I got to keep running because I don't want to lose this like <laughs> meaningless high score on this app you know so I, I try to I try to keep keep at it so I've been running a lot um, trying to just exercise I think eating healthy which is you know we talked about Huel before we started oh, but yeah. like just trying to find new recipes and stuff like that just trying to have more of a less meat based diet as well like you know just doing things that I think that are objectively good for me and then some days I'll just be like I'll just do like whatever I want like, like Ben and Jerry's I'll just like sleep in you know so it's like I think balancing out um like like day, like keeping a strict regimen of like what you should be doing and then knowing that like there are you should have days where you can just do whatever you want because it still is like a difficult time for everyone and you should also give yourself a bit of a break, especially because like we didn't really get a proper celebration post-graduation because we can't, you know, we can't go out to get dinner with our families, etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then in terms of like on the creative end, uh, so for me, I, I guess I'm pretty fortunate that I like just have a bunch of hobbies that I like to do anyway and they don't require a lot of people. So like guitar, drawing, um, like I've been just le- learning new songs every day, trying, um, I've been really getting into like, uh, 
this phenomenal artist called Tatsuro Yamashita, who's like a 70s, 80s Japanese like city pop slash funk artist, and his stuff is great to imitate on the guitar. Um, drawing as well, I mean, you, you knew this because I actually drew one of you too, but just a bunch of, uh, earlier on, I drew a bunch of portraits. Now I'm gonna start doing like, just like scenes from movies where like mm. I just, like yesterday I drew a scene from Fallen Angel. Today I think I'm gonna draw something from another scene, just like practice, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, you mentioned Run, which we actually have the rough cut done. I, I didn't send that to you, but uh, it's done. We, we Yeah, we finished shooting a while ago. Um, we were really following like uh, the uh, quarantine uh, policies while we're shooting it. So like everything was indoors. We had projectors on. When we were outdoors, it was like minimum of three people, uh, maximum of like three people. And it was at like 2 a.m. So <laughs> there's no one around. Um, <laughs> So we, we tried our best to kind of, like, see what it would be like to make a movie. And it was really just, like, for fun. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, this podcast. It's, I feel like if you're someone who's just, like, to create stuff, you, you just can't not create. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. And it, it doesn't even have to be film. Like, it could be anything. And that's what I really admire about, like, this podcast or, like, a lot of oh. other things that people... No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I, and, I, and I love watching this people. It's like... There, what, even when you're put in a position where it's hard to create stuff, people still create, and there's always a way. And yeah, and I, so yeah, that's kind of like what I've been, what I've been up to. It's um, been super interesting, especially like because you know our peers, especially you know we're such like avid storytellers. Like we just constantly like in school, like constant you know motion, the constant rhythm is that we're creating and that we're you know bouncing ideas off of each other and we're having you know workshopping sessions with each other whether that's like for class outside of class whatever we want um so it's definitely been really really cool to like see how you know such a diverse diaspora of people have been kind of um still coming together you know our we have our weekly writing sessions that will people people just like bring something in that they've been working on talk about it yeah um stuff Mm -hmm. like that too which is like so so cool um yeah yeah but also, I've been hearing your uh, guitar covers on Instagram. They're fire. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> Thank you played you, guitar that well. Dude, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those uh, hidden talents. You know, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. It's just it, and I actually haven't played for a very long time because with 480, and I mean, you know this as well as I do. Like, just mm-hmm. it's such a time-consuming thing, and of course, like internships and all this other stuff. But now is a really good time to, you know, I found a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to learn how to cook, you know, like the sourdough yeah. package, you know, it's kind of a stereotype <laughs> now, but it's, the it's good. The amount I, of people on sourdough bread right now is yeah, insane. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Like, I'm like, dude, like, I know it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, it's easy to, you know, jab at them, but I think it's cool that people are like exploring new hobbies and like, yeah. baking and cooking and, and um, drawing or whatever, you know, and uh, that's what I really like. I don't know, like, like about uh, quarantine, kind of. There's a part of me that feels like eventually down the line, like a year or two, a lot of us going to look back and be like, I kind of miss just like doing nothing, you know? I kind of yeah. miss like that time where I, I think right now it might be, for me at least even like, it's hard for me to see it that way. But I think in the future, we're going to be like, ah, oh, damn, I wish we could just have like maybe a week or two of quarantine again, you know, just like, just to relax, you know? Yeah, but, it's uh, definitely like, you know, like right now, like, even if we don't really realize it, like it's, a, it, we're mandated to just turn off and just chill. For a little oh, yeah. bit. I don't think it's another time. Like, once we start working, once we do all that kind of stuff, we, like, we'll have maybe 48 hours in a week to be able to actually do yeah. that stuff over the weekend. It's like, now it's yeah. like, I mean, obviously, like, the situation, the worldwide situation's, you know, nothing to applaud or nothing to be excited about. But, like, right. the fact that we were right. forced to be inside and, like, you know, just self-sustain ourselves and keep ourselves kind of going is, mm-hmm. I think it's, for me, it's been a wonderful opportunity i think maybe even a missed opportunity i think like in retrospect there's even more that 
I could have been doing personally, you know. Likewise, and, and you know, it's interesting. I, I, I think it's, um, it's one of those things where it really brings out discipline in people, you know, because mm-hmm. there's no like teacher anymore. There's no deadline, right? Especially for us because we just graduated. And it's, that's why I also really like like these like writer circles and stuff like that. It's just like kind of keeping each other accountable. Um, yeah. And this is a weird thing, but this is what I've been like getting a bit more into social media because whenever I see someone else do something that's like pretty impressive, I'm like, oh shit, okay, I got to get my A game on. I got to go, <laughs> you know, for a run. I got to go do this and that. And in a way, that's the, <laughs> that's the one of the ways to, to motivate myself to like uh, do other stuff, I guess, instead of like, just like, I don't want to say wasting time, but like, you know, having oh, too dude. many off days. Too many off I days. I totally feel like social media, like I think I saw one of my friends like do he started like this really, really small IGTV series about just like mm-hmm. stuff that he's picking up. I mean, this time he did like a video on like him making homemade pasta, which is him just, you know, heating up Trader Joe's pasta, um, doing <laughs> some creative stuff like that. That I was like, wow, like I watched that stuff. I watched like honestly TikToks and stuff. And I'm like, wow, yeah, yeah, I yeah. need to exercise my creativity and put myself exactly. out there a little bit more. A hundred percent. And there's like no, in the weird way, there's no excuse anymore. You know, every time mm-hmm. in the past you could say, oh, I'm busy. It's like. Well, now it's like you have all the time in the world, you know? So it's like you can't say no anymore, which is, which like, is good, which is really good. We kind of talked a little bit about how we're spending time. Um, but one thing that's, you know, particularly interesting about you for me right now is that, you know, you are an international student. Your family's in Sweden, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Well, yeah. So my, my mom and my brother are in Sweden. My dad is in South Africa. South Africa. Has he, yeah. does he live in South Africa separate from your mom and brother yeah or? they they okay. so they're, they're still together it's just that his work uh dictates him it's not just in south africa it's mostly around african countries he's lived in like nigeria um congo actually a couple of years and then he now he's in cape town i believe i actually don't know if he's still there i don't know if he's moved around he hasn't really <laughs> kept up to date with uh with us so <laughs> it's your family's all over the place you are from you swedish citizenship um is where yeah, you're yeah um so that's that's pretty wild that you're stuck here. Um, why did you, did you have the opportunity to go back to Sweden to your family or did you like have to stay here? Was that like the thing for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I, I had to stay here because, well, first off, like America has just announced, I don't even know what, if they increased it, but if you're flying in from Europe, you're no longer allowed in the country unless you're a citizen, um, which is mm. not like strange. I know a lot of other countries have Im- uh, implemented this policy. so. But that, that has been like a big thing where I'm like, I don't know if I can fly back because I don't know if I can get back here. And the mm-hmm. second thing is obviously my visa at OBT. Like we talked about Shrey, who are, you mentioned you're going to have him later on the podcast. So he'll probably explain the situation a little bit more in detail. But um, basically, like if you leave the country without receiving OBT, you can't come back to the States because you need that to enter the country. And I think with his, his situation, he was kind of like misinformed by OIS, uh, which is like the international school. Uh, sorry, um, Office of International students or whatever at usc so um yeah i've been kind of stuck here uh but you know i I, in a weird way like this entire situation has taught me a lot about like how you know this is especially true for artists i feel like because as an artist you want to control what you create right and in that way it kind of bleeds into your life like you're very i think as not just as an artist but i think more so if you are an artist you are someone who's like very like careful about like how things are placed and like you know a plan maybe like a set schedule because you want to dictate that right maybe the spontaneity will be a part of it too and i think this pandemic has taught at least me that like there's some things that are out of your control and you just have Mm -hmm. to accept that like you know you have to kind of move around certain circumstances um in a way that 
makes uh i don't know like makes it the best possible situation for yourself right so i'm stuck here i know that but i'm not gonna like you know get sad about it like it sucks but it's like i rationalize my head if i go back there first off i'll lose my mind after being two weeks with my parents like, my mom, like just, you know i have no freedom you know and then the second thing is like i I, have, I don't really know a lot of people in stockholm and malmo i, I studied there so I, I know some friends there but and, and they've all like flew around the world anyway so i don't really know a lot of people in stockholm um so yeah i kind of rationalized myself it's like okay i have all the time here and we talked about this earlier but like creating and like just i don't know having fun kind of so yeah it's not like the worst thing in the world for me so yeah no, that's, that's really, I mean, that's really interesting to me just because like, you know, um, one thing that I think a lot of, it's, it's easy for a lot of people who are here to take for granted and not really think about is just like when we, when things were announced, you know, I, I was originally supposed to go to India and I just, you know, canceled my flight and just came home and hung out with my parents instead. And I was like, that was, I could, I made that decision a week before I came and it was an easy decision to make. Um, but you know, there's so many other factors that go into making a decision like that for you. Um, but yeah. also... And I know you kind of said that, you know, maybe being with your family for too long might drive you crazy a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, especially in a time like graduation uh, and the, mm. the screenings for our films that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How did that, you know, how did that kind of feel when, um, you know, they're halfway across the world um, and you're in L.A. trying to, you know, there's a celebratory time and you're kind of, are, are you alone? Do you have roommates and stuff like that? Uh, I have one roommate, but the other two like left already and um that's a dude that's a really good question man i honestly to be really honest i was very sad about you know um not having our parents come to see it because like you know we've been working on it for like like eight months you know from like last 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 semester right all the way to now and uh this is kind of a funny story for i guess the the audiences but like the first person i pitched the order to was actually akshay like it was on the lawn i won't forget this it was on the lawn and you gave me the notes and it was really good i used your notes and then you know we it went from theirs and then so we worked from it from like i thought it was like like i think it was like in september or november like it was so long ago you know and we really worked together all the way throughout all the stuff like ups and downs we've you know so many other problems and i know you guys kind of had more of the helm uh, this semester but still you know and then to to have like this it, it all culminates to this beautiful moment where you know, Norris is packed. You go up there dressed up, you know, you give it to your parents. Your parents are so proud of you because this is not even just the, the, the last semester. It's like the whole USC experience leads up to this point, even more than commencement, in my opinion. Like, oh, absolutely. You know? It's like, this is like what we have, like our 48 to 50 people in our class, maybe yeah. even 40 people in our class. And like, that's, that's supposed to be like our night, you know, it's supposed to be yeah. the night where we get to celebrate us. And and I think even beyond that, it's like, I, I remember this is something I was talking to Ryan about. It was like, you know, when we go throughout our like life in 480 uh, and towards the latter half of 450, we're known as like our title. I feel like even, even subliminally, like, you know, like you're the producer, Ryan's the director. And then there's like a, even though we're all friends, there's still like a level of professionalism that like lingers throughout the conversation. Like this is a very bad example, but like, I remember when I was getting lunch one time at the Galen Center and, and Gabby was like, oh, I got like. I know it sounds kind of fancy. I got like steak, but it's 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 cheap. It's like eleven dollars. You know, it's not expensive. So I just got steak because I was like, oh my god, it's eleven bucks. It's like steak, potatoes, and like some greens. That sounds good. And then you got to get yourself like, such a producer. Man. Yeah, you know. And then Gabby was like, that's such a producer thing to get. And I was like, I mean, obviously she's joking, and I don't mean this in a way, but like, I just think it's um, there's like that subtlety, you know. And I feel like yeah. once the screening is over, like all of our labels are gone, and it's like we're back to just being like, you know, 
Akshay and Ryan and yeah, you know, it's like Ella, you know, all these people. Because like I haven't really hung out with a lot of my closer friends uh, this semester just because of um, like Ella's probably a really good example because she's been so busy with Spit It Out Marco yeah. that uh, you know, and it was only after graduation we're like, dude, like that's just it's good to kind of connect again and catch up in like the months that we haven't talked to each other and I don't have to see you as like director of one for eighty. It's more like okay, you are now just back to being Ella. You know, so yeah, even and, us, it's been like you know, like yeah, we've had class together in like our producers class. And stuff like that, but like it's yeah. very much still like yeah, like I'm the producer of the order, you're the writer of the order, but you're the producer yeah. straw man. A lot and, of our conversations have been and the fact that like in a lot of classes, that's how we're introduced. You know, it's not even like it's like this is X, he or she is the X of Y. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's very much so like that's their title, and you know, I, I think it's again, it's a very subtle and subliminal thing. Like no one's gonna actually come up to me like, hey, producer, you know, no one's gonna say that to either of us. I'm right? but like. <laughs> you like it, yeah. but uh, but it, but like I think I think like on a, I think on a subtle level it's there, and I think no matter how hard I actively try to not think like that, it's hard to not have it affect something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think this is the most true when Ryan and Alex were telling me about their breakouts for directing, they were all so like they can't say the details because if they do then they know the other producers would tell their teammates, you know? So yeah. it's, like, very, like, careful what they're saying, you know? It's very political, you know? It's, like, we can't, like, damage reputationals. It's not like the other breakouts where it's very more... Like, our breakout was great, I thought. Like, we're very friendly and very, like, relaxed, <laughs> you know, with the A's and producers. I think we all just, like, learned to chill out at a certain point. Very unproducer yeah. and AD. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're, like, sharing <laughs> cookies and, you know, it's great. Yeah. Brenda's also amazing, so it's, like, makes things easier for us, but... uh Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I think we completely veered from the point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. question. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, like, you, you kind of mentioned it um, a little bit, like, you know, how um, having this graduation, this pivotal moment without uh, your parents and, like, um, you know, being in a completely different country um, as yeah. them kind of affected that experience for you. Um, not just in terms of the screening, though, but how, how did, like, how did you guys, like, celebrate, like, on your end, how do you? What did graduation look like for you? Um, screening too. Yeah, honestly, graduation was kind of a. Um, I was not sober. I'll say that much. Uh, I won't say <laughs> exactly what substance I was on, but like I was. Not sober. Um, and you know, it was good. I I just uh, I feel like if I could do it again, I would probably be sober <laughs> because um, like I, I really wanted to spend more time like connecting with like the friends that I, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to and a, like a lot of people, man. Like it's, and it was oh, really yeah. sad. And like, just like going through, so the next day what I did was I just went around like USC and I just took some photos and I was like just kind of reminiscing about like what it's like and yeah. About the last laps kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, but it's sad, man. Like, I don't think there's any way around it. You know, it's just like, I just feel like it's kind of robbed from us. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think to their credit, though, USC tried really hard. You know, I, I liked how they did this, like, Ron Howard and John Chu kind of, like, with the video chat, you know, it was like... Yeah. I thought it was creative. I thought it was... Like, I, I know it didn't work as well. I know there was a lot of technical issues, but I can try, I can tell that they, like, tried to think of... I wish they did a test run or something, but, like, I know they tried um, to, like, do something creative, at least. Um, but, yeah, both commencement and graduation was just very... Yeah, very sad. I just felt like, oh, it's a, sh- it's a shame that, like... I can't be here with my parents, you know, they were going to yeah. fly out, dude, like, it was going to be my first time, the second time ever my brother came to the States, besides when he was, uh, I was, well, LA, I guess, and then the second time 
my dad came to the LA. The first time was to drop me off. So yeah. the second time would be to, to come visit me at the end. And, and like these, these things, I think especially for international students, like they really matter a lot, you know, yeah. like it truly does, you know, it's like, cause they're, when I was, when I was um, thinking about it, like before I was like, it doesn't really matter, you know, all this stuff, but you think about it, it's not just about like what I think, you know, it's like yeah. my parents put in so much money for the school and so much money for this experience. And it's, it's selfish of me to think that like, oh, I don't care about commencement. It's like, well, they need to get an experience out of it too. And, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of unfair on, on their part. I know we're going to get another one, uh, like a physical one, which I, again, I think if they do pull it off, it'd be great. And I would respect USC a bit more. <laughs> If they did that, <laughs> uh, after all the things they've done, <laughs> but, uh, we've seen it all. We've seen it all. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They're like, oh, we don't have the money to like fucking do another one. Yeah, but uh, um, so yeah, um, but yeah, I know it's um, at the same time, you know, like there's no, like there's no, I don't know, there's no use just kind of thinking about it. It's really like now, just like how can we make the most out of the time now, you know, and like. I, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15 years down the line, like it'd be a fun story to be like, oh yeah, I graduated during COVID. So we had like the you know, virtual, yeah, we had the virtual. You know? like, John Williams played time. the fight on theme song for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it, there might be a silver lining. I, I just think it's always important to look at it with a silver lining. I think that's like my attitude. It's like, it's like, no matter what situation you're in, especially if you're like international and you're studying in a private school in the US, like you are tremendously privileged no matter what situation you're in because you're paying without financial aid you there you you must have some unless you earn like scholarships that's very different but like if in most and scholarships for international students are very rare like they're very curtailed more towards americans so like and whenever i get sad and think about moments like oh man i wish i had a physical mental i'm like i need to take a step and be like well i need to be like uh grateful that my parents actually sent me here that i actually had the opportunity to study with like you and all these other talented filmmakers and be a part of this experience with you guys and when i think about that immediately i'm like i don't need to complain about it i'm glad i am here much less a commencement like that's a cherry on the top you know so that's kind of like my my attitude uh with uh with a lot of these kind of things no no you're you're totally right i was it was actually something that uh i was also thinking about a lot my grandparents and stuff but on both sides mm -hmm. they live in um india and south india mm -hmm. um and so one conversation that we were having a lot of the months leading up um was okay is there a possibility of bringing my grandparents here you know like they're yeah, getting old yeah. too like this is possibly for for one of my grandparents is the last you know graduation that they'll see um in the u.s because my cousins are you know they're really young they're um in india still there's they have like another 10 plus years before they even uh remotely graduate and it's like mm -hmm. you know like this you know this isn't the opportunity for them to come here um, to actually be able to see, you know, someone in my family graduate. It's kind of unlikely that even if my brother and I go to grad school, like if graduation will be such a huge deal, um, right? At those points, um, it, it fortunately grandparents mm -hmm. is you know not nearly as visceral as like your own parents and like the the actual investment that your parents actually put into um, your education and having them see that. Um, but no, but I, I totally feel you about the the silver lining thing. That's. I think anyone who gets to go to a university like USC is pretty fortunate, privileged. Oh, yeah, 100%, I agree. Did, were you able to celebrate uh, commencement and your uh, screenings with your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm at home with my family, so we were able right, to just right. plop everything on our screen. Um, I didn't have my cap and gown, so I wore my brother's old cap and gown from his 
commencement three years ago. <laughs> nice, nice. I didn't um, even get a cap account. So. Honestly, I was going to order one, and then I found out it was virtual graduation, so I never even bothered. Um, yeah, it's like 500 I, bucks. It's like a... Yeah. But it's definitely... No, I definitely I definitely feel. I think it's it's good to... It's, it's, it's a delicate thing, because it's good to um, look at the silver lining like, I, like we both talked about. I think it's very important. But at the same time, I think it's also good to just like... Except that it sucks, you know, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a shame that, you know, and you're, and I think it's totally fair to have your grandparents uh, come here and like, it's, it's like an equal thing because they're still part of your family. And to an extent, especially for like, uh, minorities where family matters so much. Like, oh, I, absolutely. I, I, I learned this from Adi cause I don't know too much about Indian culture, but I, I learned that it's, it's about as close, if not even closer than Chinese families, where it's like a lot of times they, you know, the aunts live with the uncles, live with like the, the mother and father, live with the grandparents, they all in one big house or at least in the same vicinity. Um, so family is huge, in, in, at least in Asian and Indian culture. So like yeah. having your grandparents, if, if my grandparents could come, they, I mean, they'd love to, I don't know if they can do it anymore, but like, so, so yeah, I, I think it's totally valid. That's why it's, it is a shame, but yeah, I guess it is what it is. Wait, well, I mean, do you think that people are expressing that it's just kind of a shame? um enough like do you think that's something you know that's been talked about it's interesting you know i i don't personally i don't really know how much good it would do to to just put on like oh it's like you know it's it's bad again i i don't think it's wrong to feel that it's like it's a it's a shame that it didn't happen you know like it's like you know uh toxic masculinity right like if if events happen that are that are bad i think everyone should have the the right to feel especially like this like commencement and our um, our screening is are both such big moments in our in our not even just our academic life but like our our life in general you know so to have it robbed from us uh with without any um warning or whatever i think it sucks and you know we should be able to like be sad about it like i I think that's 100 percent. but at the same time i feel like um like it's interesting i i don't know i think everyone has is entitled to their own opinion online about what they want to post and <laughs> I, i'm trying to be careful because i know it's gonna go like you know online but uh so, so yeah but uh I, i'll say for me personally i try to veer away from talking too much about this kind of things like on a social platform just because or at least like on a online social media platform because i don't know how much good slash bad it will do to like other people's mm. perceptions you know like I think both has their uh, strengths and weaknesses, right? Like, just if we right. talk about, like, just the bad things, then, you know, it can cultivate kind of a negative atmosphere and people just get even more sad than they are versus if we just talk about the good things, it kind of, like, diminishes the impact of how sad it should actually be. Right. So it is a very delicate uh, subject, and I think that's why I just don't do anything. I just I don't know, like, <laughs> Stay like, back. <laughs> yes, exactly, right? Like, I, I, like, if you ask me, I'll give you my opinion, and I, I'd be more than happy to share it, but I don't, I don't see the need for me personally. Like, it's not one of those... Because ultimately, and it comes back to this, we were kind of going uh, full circle here, but it comes down to gratitude, you know? Like, I mm-hmm. think it's commencement and ceremony and all these things are are bonuses. Like, I, I think we deserve it. Don't get me wrong. I think we earned it. But I, at the same time, it's not like it's an essential... It's not like a house, you know? It's not like food or water or, like, the environment. It's not like something that's, like, yeah. so crucial that we should be, like, advocating for it online. Like, I, I think... I see it's even beyond just commencement stuff, but people are like, oh my God, like this lockdown has like hurt my like, I don't know, X or Y. It's like, there are some cases where it's very serious and I I think that should be, you know, talked about more. But like a lot of times, like if it's a haircut or something, it's like, dude, you know, it's fine. (laughs) You know, it's like, you don't need to. If we can grow out our hair. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, if I, or you can just shave, like I know a lot of people just buzz, buzz it off and it looks great. You know, it's like, just experiment with it. You know, it's like, it's not like, 
I don't know. There, there are some. There are things I think that are more important yeah. that we face on a global level than like, I guess, smaller things. I think not to diminish the value, but like that's how I feel at least. So let, let's let's look forward a little bit. Um, I know right now is kind of a little weird of a time for you. Even before we went on, um, you know, indefinite spring break, um, you were kind of talking. You were asking lots of questions about like to our film professors and stuff. Whether anyone knows anything about you know, international students, how international students can find ways to stay in the country, or I guess, like, what has shifted? Like, do you know what's next? Do you have any idea of what you're planning on doing after? You know, it's uh, it's interesting because I think as a international student, there are a lot of things that you get, like, like, I wouldn't say discriminated against, but there are a lot of things that are set in place, so it makes it very difficult for you to, like, stay in the States, which which makes sense. And obviously, a lot of the benefits and uh perks of being in states for example stimulus check or like um i don't know there's a lot of, like unemployment you know stuff yeah. and it makes sense like i'm not saying that like well i don't know actually i don't know if it makes sense because i mean a lot of international kids stayed here for four years they you know they pay taxes they because they have to buy stuff you know like like there's yeah. a lot of stuff and even when you work you pay tax like there's so many things that i'm thinking like you know is it fair that like international students don't get these things it might be it might not be i don't know the answer to it yet so yeah but after just being here for so long and noticing that just so many there's so many barriers of entry to to work in the states like permanently and it goes beyond just like these bonuses like stimulus checks i mean like opt you have to pay uh 450 dollars just to apply and then there's a chance it might get rejected and then you have to pay another 400 dollars, and it takes about four to five months to get delivered to you so during this four to five months you don't know where you're going to be you know there's no way to track all this information it's it's horrendous like the system is put in place so that you are pretty much reminded that you're like um you're disposable you know that's that's the the constant feeling you get as international and it's this anxiety of like you know, you, you don't, you're not cared for, you know, you're not part mm-hmm. of the, the, you know, the Americans, you're, you're an outsider, you know, no matter what color, race, whatever, you are just a, well, policy wise, you're just not like an American. I kind of had enough of that, basically. <laughs> like, I, was, I was like, this is, this is just not a way to treat, like, truly, like, like, it, it truly feels like there are just so many active things against what you can do that it's just, yeah. it's, I was like, this is enough. Like, I remember before I got the uh, position at um the post lab uh, where we both work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, before I got that, I didn't have an SSN. So there are so many things online that you need an SSN for, like even to set up a PayPal, like one of those card things for, uh, for an American purchase. I didn't have one, so I couldn't even apply for it. You know, it's like not even possible. So um, yeah, and then, I mean, anyway, so so I realized that and then I, I just like looked around the world and I had another friend, Tanvi, she's in UCLA. We were really close high school friends and she she's in an uh and also a predicament because she um she doesn't want to go back to india you know mm-hmm. uh, and she wants to her sister went to canada and like their system is like amazing they get three years whereas for us we get one year it's a lot less expensive there's a lot less barriers to entry in canada versus states um so she's kind of like i should have gone to canada i shouldn't have studied in the states you know and uh, we're both we, we both talk a lot because we're both we just both graduated so we're both in like the same kind of boat and um I think we both realized we're not going to stay here. You know, I think America has changed a lot in the years. I think prior, I don't know how many decades ago, but it was a lot more open and welcoming to like different people and like different ideas, but it's shifted. And 
And the, the best part is that there are other parts of the world that are just as welcoming and opening and if not more modern and more developed uh, and more, uh, more advanced than America is. Like um, Europe is a big example. Canada is great. Even places in Asia now are starting to be, and Africa are starting to become like com- competing with America on a level just beyond what they can do. I know in the past it, it was not the case, but now it's, the world has really changed, you know, and um, I think on a personal level, I know this is kind of, sorry, it's kind of a, a long and you know, muddy answer. Um, for, for, for me personally, in the coming years, I'm planning on, if I can, stay here for a year. Um, I, I use this quote in like, in mockery of Trump, because Trump actually just, uh, our, our man Trump, just, uh, he just, uh, his, his next target are actually OPT students um, in terms of like his immigration policies, which is, you know, that sucks for us even more than it already does. I don't know what he's going to do yet, but it's announced apparently that he's like trying to like make it even more difficult for OBD students to stay in the States, which is already very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just kind of was like, you know what, I'll stay here for a year. I'll like try to extract as much use as I can out of the year here, like just utilize my network, try to make one really good short because, you, mm. you know, obviously LA has like really good like um, facilities for that. And and then I'm going to go back to Sweden. You know, I want to go back to Europe for a bit. I want to, I think as a filmmaker, and especially at this age, it's really good to like um, like build on your experiences in life, you know. Mm. Uh, I think I'm also very uh, fortunate that my citizenship is Swedish so that I can go there and study my master's for, not even just for free, but I get paid to do my master's. So I can just get paid to do film there, which is great. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's ins- Again, this is the one of those things where it's like everyone's like, oh, my God. Free, free university is impossible. And it's like, well, there are countries out there that are not just having it free, but it's like, it's paid. Like <laughs> students get paid to go there, incentivized to go there. And this is, the country is going, it's, it's fine. You know, like it's not like, and even, I'm not saying Sweden's perfect. There's a lot of problems with Sweden and, and Scandinavia in general, but so is everywhere else. You know, it's, yeah. not, it's a perfect place. Anyway, so my plan is to go back to Sweden to at least one year or two to study there, work there, hopefully learn Swedish. I'm really bad at languages, but hopefully I can learn that. <laughs> And then um, I actually have kind of a long-term goal now in my head. But, and then after that, I wanted to see what it's like in Europe. I know Amsterdam and Berlin are two big places for production, um, generally speaking, the UK as well. So I'm looking at those places, again, because the EU citizen helps a lot. And then I really want to work in Asia for a bit. I would love to work in Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, somewhere in Asia to like learn what filmmaking is like there and get more experiences. And then ultimately, after all the experiences and you know, all these things, I think maybe like five, 10 years down the line, I will come back to the States. I think I, you know, after all the shit talking I just did, I, I think there's still, you know, just the people here are so, so passionate, you know, so determined, you know, and especially I think, um, like, I think SCS core really taught me that it's like, when I was studying in Malmo, like, I don't mean anything against them. And some of them are like my close friends, but they're just not as driven. They're like, they're like, okay with mediocre. Yeah. It's Whereas, like the, the school culture kind of thing is... Different. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's also like this this illusion, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's an illusion in America where it's like if you work hard enough, you'll be rich and famous. You know, obviously it's not true, but like I think that is taught at such a young age that makes everyone here so much more driven and passionate, and like, uh, and they, they their ambitions are crazy. Like they want to win the Oscar, they want to do this and that, which is amazing. You know, and I and I love working with people like that. We're just so ambitious, and unfortunately, not unfortunately, but in Europe, it's a lot more stable, and it's like oh, you know. I will just settle to like do this and it's fine. Like that's a mindset of course, but I, I'm trying to fucking win the Oscar, man. I'm trying to grow up and like do some real, like monumental stuff for me personally. So that's why I think I have to come to say, obviously the world can change and I don't know then, but like this is the current plan for me. Mm. Wow. You really thought things through. 
I thought I had well, thought I, things thought through. I, I had a lot of time, you know, just sitting in my bed, like, <laughs> looking at the, at the ceiling. It's like... <laughs> just that. <laughs> and, and if I may add one, one thing as well, because I, I noticed this trend with a lot of uh, my American friends, because they've always, they've wanted to travel too. And I'm like, dude, do it. Like, it's, it's like, I am a person who traveled to the States. It's not impossible. And I, I, I think you will not regret it. Like, I think... Taking a year or two to go and work somewhere else, just if you can get like apply online here and be like, oh, I, I scored a job in like Hong Kong. And then you go there for like a summer. It's just three months. You get paid, you know, like you have enough money for an apartment. You come back. Not only does it look great on your resume because you just worked internationally, but also it's like your life experience is there. And yeah. I, I'm, I think you have an American passport, right? Yeah, I have a dual citizenship with America and uh, an OCI with uh, India. Oh, amazing. So, so it's like every, if you have an American passport, like your possibilities to work is, is, is like boundless, you know, like there's so many doors open. So I, I just tell people when they say, oh, like it'd, it'd be so cool to travel. I'm like, I traveled here. Like you can do it. It's really possible. Like it's not as hard as it seems. It's actually really interesting that you bring that up. I have, I have talked for a long time about wanting to, you know, try and try and work in like London for like a summer, a summer or like a school year. It's very interesting to the people that I have, you know, talked to about studying abroad. A lot of them, or working abroad, not studying abroad at this point. We are graduates. Um, but <laughs> working abroad, a, a huge point of conversation has always been like, oh, you know, like everyone wants to come to LA for this. I'm here. I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I don't stay here. And, you know, don't, right. you know, get the ground going mm-hmm. there, um, which is really interesting to me. Um, you know, one, I think one of the biggest things I've learned um, in these four years of, you know, being in film school has been everyone everyone's path is different you know like you can yeah. go um definitely someone could become you know a raging rock star director after making a, a simple a like small scale low budget movie for a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars in mexico you know robert yeah. rodriguez did that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. or you know chris nolan you know he worked a full-time job and he um filmed following while he was doing it and stuff like that like there's mm-hmm. so many different paths um yeah to getting there uh it's really interesting just because like um there's such a good disconnect i think between what people think is possible with their life experience and what actually is a hundred percent i totally agree and i think a big part of that is because america at least north america is just like so isolated like it's this big i know it's connected to like canada and like mexico but like it's it, it like it's like to get to europe you have to fly across the fucking ocean you know what i mean yeah, like it's yeah. so hard or get to asia you gotta you know and it's like such a it feels like and and there's a reason for that too i feel like a lot of americans feel like it's the center of the world and stuff like that because it's just oh, yeah. so separated from the rest of the world you know and to a degree i can i can understand that thought i'm like okay i get it like probably it's hard to it takes a lot of time and there's this um misconception that like it's hard to fly it's like no no, no dude just mm-hmm. do it you know and you won't re- like we talked i mean you know like savoka studied in shanghai uh, worked in shanghai for a bit like cats yeah. you know worked in it so it's like so many different people just like our professors are, our testament even brenda like she worked in china for like a little bit too it's like yeah yeah all, all over the world you know and and our the beautiful part is that our um career filmmaking like heavily facilitates that like if you know how to edit you can edit anywhere, you know, like, true, it doesn't, or, like you can shoot or you can produce, like, you know, these skills. And as long as you have a portfolio and a reel, you go up to, you know, you can send from here, you can send to like, like, I actually got a gig in Hong Kong. I had to turn it down because it's OPT, but like, um, but it's, it's like, you can, it's, it's so uh, easy. You show them like what you've done, be like, Hey, like, you know, I, I've done this. And especially with USC, you can be like best film school in the world, content, you know, <laughs> and they will look it up and they'll be like, Oh my God, like, 
come here. You know, we have all the money, but we have no experience, you know, so. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, I, you know, I've been, I've had a lot of conversations with my, you know, my parents and stuff about that, mm-hmm. about, like, professional life. And one thing that my dad has brought up to me a lot has been, like, oh, like, you know, Bollywood, have you ever considered going into Bollywood? Have you ever considered directing or, you know, shooting for a Bollywood? And, you know, I'll, I'm not going to get into a, a conversation about, like, like Bollywood and, like, the ins and outs of, you know, how hard it actually might be to get you know, acquainted with that film industry and, you know, get it up in that film industry because I think that's just a completely different conversation for a completely different... I don't know if you knew this, but I, I'm a huge fan of Bollywood. You know, like, I like PK. Really? Uh, oh, Three PK. Idiots, dude. Oh, dude, dude Three I, Idiots is one of my I, favorite movies of all time. Yeah, like, in, in Dubai, we we because I had a lot of Indian friends, we'd go watch a, a lot of Bollywood movies and it's amazing. It's such a different style, you know, of, of filming yeah. than, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than Hollywood and Western stuff. But, it's... Yeah. I mean, I think that's also an incredible thing, though, too, right now, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. just, like, filmmaking everywhere. We, we look oh, yeah. in our filmmaking classes and history of international cinema, for instance, you look at how distinct every country's filmmaking style is from, you know, French, like, Lahain to, like, you know, Italian neorealism. Um, and I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of taught um, to kind of compartmentalize filmmaking and like filmmaking eras with certain styles like we think of Akira Kurosawa we think of like the samurai films but you know um we don't necessarily think of this this old man who's dealing with the end of his life but that's what Akira is right um stuff like that yeah I think it's so interesting right now especially just going back to your idea of you know you can make films anywhere it's like those walls those walls are being torn down um everywhere we look like like three idiots could very well be I mean, I don't think it could be a Hollywood movie the way that it's made, but, you know, right. the idea could be made anywhere. The the execution yeah. of it could be made by anyone. Exactly, exactly. No, 100%. And and it's, it goes beyond just movie making. Like, I mean, the biggest thing is probably commercials, right? Like, if you go shoot, like, an ad for BMW or something, that's why, like, if you really are thinking about going to another country, I, I highly recommend getting some spec commercials in your reel if you can. I'm trying to do that myself personally, that's why as well. Because like that's the way to kind of break the door with investors. Like, okay, like I can shoot like something that a company has like recognized. Um, and you know, it's it's a very basic skill to have, I think, shooting and editing. It's a it's a different skill than filmmaking, I think, but like it's you know, it's something that's valuable nonetheless. And I just think like like the world is a lot smaller than people think. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think we especially at this age, we have the opportunity to explore it a bit more than we'd like uh, we'd imagine you know and it's actually really good that i know i'm very happy that i know all of you guys because once i do go back to europe and because uh, i'm a citizen there i can actually hold co-productions with you guys and get grants so that's one of the Hell things yeah. i was like i'm keeping a list of the people that i'm like i want to keep in touch with i think they are going to make some really good stuff in the future and uh i mean like it's all about thinking long term you know i think and and like just like being like okay like we can work on something maybe cross-culturally and it's getting easier and easier by the year to do that and more and more indie films are being either shot or co-produced in europe and i was like okay this is a really cool trend to to hop on and i shouldn't be throwing my chance of the european citizenship in the water and stay here in the states where it's heavily oversaturated and Mm -hmm. everyone's a filmmaker here you know whereas i go back to europe and like have like it's hopefully have a strong reel and like a great feature script to start off with and see if I get grants and, and scholarships or not scholarships but like grants and also create like a network there so that's kind of like my goal and and I, and I think if other international people are listening to this or whatever it's like it's not just for filmmaking you know I think like the world has really changed it's no longer you know America is like this land of like opportunity and it is but like I think with the administration and the way that it's going it's starting to become a little bit less open which is fine like I get mm. it like it's we can't really choose that as we don't really have the right to say 
especially as internationals, we can't be like, we want to change the laws of this country, you know? But, um, but uh, opportunities abroad are just enormous, enormous, you know? They don't advertise it, because America, the one thing they're really good at is advertising and marketing, <laughs> you know? Like, that's what they're so good at, man. Like, I remember just, like, watching, like, LA, I'm like, oh my god, all I see is, like, Beverly Hills. I never saw, like, Compton or Skid Row. We don't see that oh, true, know, like, in true. other parts of the world. Never. We don't even see what LAX looks like. We just see like the plane, you know, because we don't and know the sign, how... the little LAX yeah. sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We we don't we don't. And so the, the way they market themselves is so clever. They make Hollywood Boulevard look like this gleaming thing, but in reality, there's like heroin needles, and that's why I realized like there, it's a lot of fluff to me. Again, I know yeah. it's kind of mean, but like yeah. <laughs> All right. So let let's end on a on a positive note. Uh, what mm-hmm. what kind of yeah, just completely unrelated to kind of anything we were talking about. Um, <laughs> as a filmmaker, uh, what what kind of if you had to suggest someone watch three films right now, what would you recommend? Oh my god, this is so hard, dude. Lahaine is one of my favorite movies of all time, like the run and gun style, but still very like I would say very philosophical. It's got a lot of meaning to it, but also so low budget. You know, like you, yeah. you can do this. You know, anyone could do this movie. Like you just need a camera and like three like friends. You know, like really, yeah. like I think. Um, oh, I know one. Uh, Londe's Journey Tonight. I don't know if you've seen that one before. I have not. So that's uh, by uh, an upcoming Chinese director, Bigan. It's phenomenal. Um, like, like, I, I, have you read any Murakami books? Or I've, I've heard of them, but I've never, I've never read. Okay. Them. If you if you watch the movie, it's basically an adaptation. Like a, it's not like a natural adaptation, but if you were to adapt one of his movies, as uh, his books into a movie, it'd be like that. Very weird surreal very beautiful uh, a little slow the story makes like absolutely no sense but it's great um that's one have you seen a separation i have not seen that one that one i think you will love uh, a separation okay. is a uh, i think it's iranian it's an iranian by oscar Farhadi. he's um oh my god dude like like the ending the use of music the acting the story there's so much depth to it uh that one is actually i think it's it's up there with lahane and as to like a like a foreign film that has so much power and i think it really shows like world cinema that like there's such like great stories uh because obviously the culture of iran is so different than the states and, and france oh, yeah yeah so uh, uh and then it talks about that a lot it talks about like it's very subtle though you know and it's really about like characters and it's just there's no antagonist you know i love movies like that there's no bad guy it's just like these people who are just struggling because of something a situation that happened and yeah. it's not like like a depressing movie by any means either it's just like a really uh, the trailer is great too so you can watch the trailer you can kind of like see what the vibe is about really really good movie <laughs> um lastly i'm gonna pick like a oh my god okay let's see uh, uh have you seen Mulholland drive <laughs> i have seen Mulholland drive <laughs> That's very, every time I think of Mulholland Drive, because I think the, the first interaction you and I had together was <laughs> one of our professors asking like, oh, what are your favorite films? And you were like, Mulholland Drive. And my first, my first reaction to you saying that was like, dude, you understand that movie? Like, It's so good, dude. <laughs> that was one of the movies that like really made me like, just like love making movies. I'm like, I can't even believe you can do that. You know, I can't believe he, I thought he got the budget. He like went to an investor and was like, hey, I'm going to make this script. And they're like, wow do it you know like, <laughs> that, that was actually possible uh so there was a movie i watched really recently that was really good i just can't remember the name oh i know a good one um what is it called uh perfect blue perfect mm. blue is great i've heard it's that a one. jap 
it's a Japanese animated movie, uh, and it was one of Aronofsky's biggest influences for Black Swan, and also a huge influence for movies like Whiplash and stuff like that. Um, I think anime movies are really underrated. I think oh, there's a lot of, I, but uh, Perfect Blue is really it's imagine if Christopher Nolan directed a animated movie like the it's pretty much that but Satoshi Kun who's the uh, creator of all this stuff uh absolutely phenomenal and a bonus I, you might have seen it if not Portrait of Lady on Fire I think it's one of my favorite movies of the year I watched it I think it was this year yeah like, yeah it finally came on Hulu too so I'm oh my so good happy god, dude I can finally oh watch my it, yeah. good god dude I I don't think there are so many moments in that movie where I watch it and i just couldn't even breathe you know especially the ending i'm not gonna spoil it but that ending is just like <laughs> like holy shit dude like that is unreal how good it was so i would say those three four movies are incredible and a, a great taste into like different kinds of like like worldwide cinema because like, of each one of them i wanted it to be international besides lynch because he's not american <laughs> he's not human lynch is not a human being you know? he, he's a strange person you know um, <laughs> he's just ethereal he's just you know he, yeah, he's an abstraction beyond, <laughs> he's beyond uh comprehension you know i just can't <laughs> there's one thing i'll sorry I'll, I'll add one last thing uh, that yeah. i'd recommend everyone to watch it's called the david lynch cooks quinoa it's uh oh my it's, god it's you a, told me to watch this yeah, yeah it's, it's a short film on youtube so you can watch it's like 16 minutes long it is probably the most strange 16 minutes i've ever seen in my life like <laughs> like it, it feels like you're dreaming like it's so weird so yeah but um those are, those are my picks man all right, man. Um, thanks so much for yeah, um, so much hopping fun. on this interview with me. It's super, yeah, yeah. super fun conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah thank you and so to much. those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Eric. If you're interested in some of the films that Eric mentioned in this podcast, I've listed them in the show notes that you can find on my website, www.akshayravi.com slash podcast. At this link, in honor of Juneteenth being yesterday, I've also listed some of my recommendations for films and shows that I've been watching recently made by black artists and about racial issues, as well as where you can find them. Watching these films and shows has been instrumental throughout my life in my understanding and relating to racial issues, and there's a lot to learn through what the films depict and talk about. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts, share the podcast, and leave a comment about what else you might want to see at www dot akshayravi.com slash podcast until next time please take care of yourselves